Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that as I, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., and I am here to talk to you about something new. We're talking a new series on Max. Now, I know you're saying to yourselves, you said moviegoer, John L. Well, you know what? I watch shows, too. And I saw a trailer for a new animated sci-fi show on Max called Scavenger's Reign. I saw the, the trailer sometime last week. Today is October 21st, officially. And I said to myself, this trailer gives me vibes of something that I would really, really like. So I'm going to go ahead and watch it. The first inclination I got from the trailer was, oh man, this is a space-based sci-fi animated series and it's right up my alley and it did not disappoint so Max decided to release the first three episodes of Scavenger's Reign and I watched them all in one sitting took me less than an hour an hour and a half to watch all three episodes on average each episode is about 25 minutes long so they're not long views but the episodes are short concise and to the point to give you an idea of what the synopsis of the series is so far it says the crew of a damaged deep space freighter are stranded on a beautiful but dangerous planet the freighter is called the Demeter That is one of the first things that we get introduced to in the first episode of the series. We then get introduced to the characters that we'll be following throughout this particular season. Uh, This season is going to have 12 episodes. So I'm assuming they're going to release these either in three episode increments or they decided to release the first three episodes now and then do one episode a week for the next for the next several weeks out until they end the the season of the series so the characters we get introduced to in the first episode are the characters we'll be following along with through the entire series we have Ozzy who is Animated and depicted as a strong uh, black woman who's a part of this crew of the Demeter. Then there, and Ozzy is paired up with a robot by the name of Levi. Now, they didn't necessarily detail this 
in any of the episodes. But it seems like we're in a far off future where space travel and engagement with alien life forms and different planets are the norm, right? So Ozzy and Levi are a paired characters in which we have or which we're learning um, how they are surviving on this strange planet right then we have the next pair of characters all these characters are from this particular ship of the Demeter but they're on different parts of this planet we then have the second pair of characters we have Sam and Ursula Sam, an older white man, and Ursula, a much younger uh, woman, who they themselves are trying to survive on this planet. And then we have the introduction of this quote-unquote lone character by the name of Cayman, who is trapped at first in the first episode is in in his escape pod hundreds if not thousands of feet in these tall trees and he's been stuck there for lord knows how long he's gone crazy he's grown the long hair and disheveled beard look and he's you know, shriveled up like a stick, basically. Right? Within the first episode, we also get introduced to the landscape, this planet that they're in. The planet has yet to be named. Seems, as the description says, it's, it's beautiful, but it's dangerous. What makes this planet dangerous? everything from my vantage point obviously alien creatures and things are alive on this planet things are sentient on this planet so to give you a better idea of the sentient part of it I'm going to take you to the pairing of Ozzy and Levi. Ozzy and Levi have been... They're the pair of characters who have developed, or are trying to develop, a sustainable way of life on this planet because they didn't think or had any inkling that they would ever get off this planet. Right? Levi as a robot has taken damage throughout time, right? And due to this damage or intermittent malfunctions, things of that nature has to have gone under repair. And Ozzy repairs Levi time to time with whatever tools she still had available to her within her escape pod 
But they've also, not they should I say, but Levi, the robot, who's supposed to just be like a helper robot to Ozzy. Levi's taken it upon herself to help repurpose herself, right? Keep her afloat and continue to help Ozzy in some way. So to do that and to help Ozzy with Levi's repairs, Levi take it up, takes it upon herself to use the biological life forms that are on the planet to help repair Levi. Now you notice from episodes one through three that Levi isn't necessarily so much a robot, but more of a sentient being. Yes, Levi still has the robot aspect of her, which is she's supposed to listen to Ozzy, follow orders, and help with whatever Ozzy asks for. But the sentient part, due to the biomatter that is now a part of Levi, Levi is now in touch with the environment of this planet. How to take care of it, how to help sustain it, how to better understand it. And Ozzy is coming across this sentientness of Levi as odd behavior. So that's their growing story and growing narrative within Scavenger's Reign. We then have Sam and Ursula. Sam and Ursula, as I stated before, they get lost in a different part of the planet. Their whole vantage point, they're trying to find a way off the planet. By the second episode, Ursula found herself in an accident down this cave or whatever the case is, and her, I would say, the mask she was wearing, the breathing mask she was wearing, or, or how can I put this, the mask she was wearing wasn't necessarily a mask. It was also another life form from the planet. But they, Sam and Ursula, have gauged that this particular life form can help them breathe under certain environments and circumstances. So this particular mask, Ursula's having, I guess you would say, breathing issues down in this cave. And the mask, or this... Let's call it this alien animal comes off her face and now she's breathing in all this for for lack of a better term, let's call it gas, right? Gas from the planet in that cave area. And strange things start to happen to Ursula. You see the panic, you listen to the the score of the of the uh, of the episode. 
creating the suspense, creating the tension and everything else in between. And Ursula's reaching for the mask, reaching for the mask. And as she turns into this big blob, which she had just previously seen, that used to be a person. I'm assuming. So she turns into this blob. But like five seconds later, without explanation, it shows that Ursula reached for lack of a better term, the mask. And she was saved as she came up to the surface to meet Sam. Now, obviously, or not obviously, we grow to see how the dynamic of the relationship between Sam and Ursula goes throughout the first three episodes. After this particular instance, Ursula starts to have this, how I say, intuition with the life forms on the planet. Like she knew where to go, what to do, and she was, in a sense, of exploration and wanting to find out more about the planet, its beings, and how everything worked together. When Sam, on the other hand, just wanted to get the hell off the planet. Uh, Sam had already been attacked at, at one point. Um, and he didn't want anything to do with the living matter on that planet. So they're at opposing ends, Ursula and Sam, as they continue on on their journey to get back to the ship. Now Ursula and Sam, their pairing brought the Demeter onto the planet. The Demeter itself was out in space to begin episode one. It was stranded in space. And all the characters that I'm mentioning, they landed on different parts of the planet in escape pods. Ursula and Sam uh, were putting some sort of a device together with a battery from an existing escape pod that they had found to somehow charge up whatever this machine was to then send a signal to the Demeter so that the Demeter can light up, um, trace the living members of the crew down to the planet and then land on the planet so that the crew can then leave by the end of episode 3 all the characters were heading towards the Demeter on their own paths I wanted to mention that with Sam and Ursula now we go on to Cayman Cayman is this disheveled man who was trapped up in his escape pod for God knows how long going crazy during Cayman's time 
he started to have delusions. And then we get introduced to a very unique life form from the planet that seems to have some sort of telekinetic power. So can I, yeah, it's telekinetic. So it's able to project into Cayman's mind, play on Cayman's memories, and at the same time, in the outer world, in the real world, this particular native uh, creature is able to save Cayman from any danger because of their telekinesis. But they're also able to play with Cayman's mind. So they play with Cayman's mind. It seems like a younger... A younger creature. Because they show this creature amongst all the other creatures of its ilk. And it's smaller. So I thought it was younger. But it's also manipulative. In the sense of how they survive and how they take control of the minds of the other beings not just Cayman but other beings um, or other creatures on the planet but in, to Cayman's effect this particular creature he taps into Cayman's memories and basically presents the illusion of Cayman's I would want to say love interest who goes by the name of Fiona who's also part of this uh, scientific uh, experiment excursion on the Demeter and he plays on Cayman's feelings and his longing for Fiona so he would do anything for Fiona so you see those interplays of the delusional or the, or the illusions of Fiona, but it's actually the creature native to the planet who is just trying to get what they need to survive with the help of Cayman. And ultimately what we see is that this creature is manipulating Cayman to essentially create chaos and kill other creatures in this land, forest, cavernous environment that they're in so that the creature can survive and eat. And it's a scavenger. Hence the name and the title of the series, Scavengers Reign, Scavengers Plural. Everything on this planet is alive and all the creatures feed off of one another and they kill one another to survive they pick off each other's bones and in this case back to Cayman this particular creature is feeding off of Cayman's memories in order just to get what they need to survive it's basically a, a lazy fat cat because he can he has these telekinetic powers and he can manipulate Cayman's mind. Cayman's doing all the data work, all the data, 
Kaden is doing all the dirty work while the creature just sits there and waits for his meals. And at one point, uh, one of the shots that ended episode three was that Cayman ended up killing the larger of the of the same creature set of this telekinetic creature. And when Cayman leaves it in front of the smaller, younger creature, you see the smaller, younger creature eating at the carcass of the larger creature. And I'm here like, oh, this is a little twisted. But it plays in part. Because, like I mentioned before, with Ozzy and Levi, the biological um, I don't even know what to call it because it's not a being necessarily. It's just something that's a part of the planet that holds things together that is now a part of Levi, the robot, is manipulating the behavior of Levi because it's teaching Levi how to take care of the planet and its surroundings and everything around like that. So this planet needs to live, needs to flourish, needs to grow, but it also needs to feed off of itself. And we also get that through the lens of Sam and Ursula. Because you see all these different creatures just trying to survive. And it's the survival of the fittest. So they'll kill each other um, or ha- or use one creature in order to manipulate whatever whatever the circumstance is in order for them to survive. So ultimately, that's the jux of Scavenger's reign that I've gotten so far in the first three episodes. This is one of those high-tension thriller slash spooky sci-fi series in animation that is going to give you the ultimate messaging is whoever the strongest is will survive in this you can't even call it dystopian world because it's not a dystopian world it's just an offshoot planet where everything is alive and everything's trying to survive so it's interesting it's really, really interesting. Um, the The score was pretty cool. So it really did lend to a lot of the suspense and the eeriness of the episodes and the circumstances that the characters found themselves in. Also the animation. It, it looks like for those of us who have watched it, for those of you who haven't, the animation style is very akin to classic 80s anime. A lot of it reminded me of the animation style 
of the classic anime Akira. Um, there's a motorbike in this particular animated series that if you were just to paint the body of the bike red and the wheels black, it's like that's the Akira bike, you know? Um, so I think the animation style took a lot of influence from the Akira movie. The same thing as I described as that blob of a person that Ursula ran into in that cave and she eventually became for like a good split, mid, split second while she was breathing in that gas in that cave. It reminded me a lot of like that transformation scene in Akira towards the towards the third act of like this blob of 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 humanity and flesh coming together and stuff like that. It was very weird and strange in that sense. So it reminded me a lot of that. The animation style reminded me a lot of that. Um, so I'll be looking forward to a lot of that uh, towards the future episodes as well. So I wanted to describe that to you guys. Um, I'm not sure if you can tell, but I'm, I'm really hyped about this series uh, just because I'm a sci-fi guy. Um, I like... If you could call this macabre, really, but I like the dreariness of it. I like the eeriness of it. I like the outer space part of it, right? Um, the the scent, not the scent, the uh, the sense of using the name of the of the ship as the Demeter. Uh, the Demeter being a ship that has been written about in literature um, before. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just taking the play off of that old ship which was lost out at sea. Strange things happened on this ship. Um, no one knew what to explain about it. Yada, yada, yada. Now, into the far distant future, we have this stranded boat, in sp not boat, but the stranded ship, spaceship in space, where something weird happened on this freighter. And people had to escape off of this freighter ship land and escape pods on this weird planet where even more strange and weird happenings continue. So, um, there's that aspect of it as well. So, yeah, Mike, man. Three episodes in and I really think that this series is cool I think that it's inventive I think that it might be one of those things or one of those series that'll be niche I'm not too sure if it'll be picked up for a second season I'll wait to say if the series itself or the first season is great or not but the first three episodes 
um, gave me a lot of flavor. Um, and with that flavor, so far, it's got the YFNMG stamp of approval, but we'll wait to give the whole series for the season that stamp. But so far, so good. Uh, thank you for listening, folks. As I always remind you guys, please comment in the comment section on the YouTube. If you're listening via the podcast, leave me a review. Apple, Pandora, Spotify, whatever platform you use. Leave me a review on there. Let's get the engagement up. I'm talking to everybody in the global YFNMG community because we global. That's what it is. And um, expect more of this from me, man. So thank you for listening. Subscribe. Follow a brother. This has been your friendly neighborhood movie lord John L and it has been my pleasure take care of yourselves out there be well and uh, see you next time